everyone. Over the next three episodes, we're going to discuss the identity theft epidemic and the power of education in the marketplace. You see, when we first started offering ID Shield in 2003, we were way ahead of the curve as ID theft wasn't even in the news yet. So we had to educate people about a devastating problem that most people hadn't even heard of yet. Thankfully, we have it much easier now as the timing in the marketplace is incredibly better. We still need to educate our prospects, but education is much more specific by simply clarifying some misconceptions. Before we get into the three biggest misconceptions, I want to first make a point about free services given away after a breach. Although a very low percentage of breach victims typically enroll for a free program, I think it's important to know that a post-breach giveaway service is never a comprehensive product. So it's okay if people want to enroll for a free service, but you want to make sure they don't think it's actually going to do the job when they need help. You'll still want to enroll them in the ID Shield to actually manage the risk. So Alex, take it away with the three most common misconceptions in the marketplace. Thanks, Linda. And we want to assume everyone we speak with is thinking these three things. Major misconception number one is people thinking ID theft is when someone makes an unauthorized charge in their credit card account. When you say the words identity theft to someone, what's the first thing most of them think of? They think of their current bank accounts or credit card accounts. Why is that? It's because financial institutions have been advertising to us heavily for over a decade to come bank with them because they have zero liability for fraudulent charges in your account. Well, first of all, that's not anything special, right? It's just a marketing tactic to make you feel it's something special. Secondly, it's not even true identity theft. It's just an unauthorized charge. So we educate our prospects about this misconception and about true ID theft, the real risk to manage, that currently comes in five main forms. The first major form of ID theft is credit related. Again, this isn't your current accounts, but when someone uses your social security number and personal information they receive on the black market to open a new line of credit. Currently, the fastest growing types of credit ID theft are new cell phone accounts and utility accounts. But this type has been decreasing over the years, and according to a recent report, only 15% of ID theft is even detectable in a credit file anymore. While this type is decreasing, other types are on the rise. The second major type is driver's license ID theft, which typically happens when someone gets a hold of your driver's license information after a breach, such as the Equifax breach that lost nearly 150 million American identities, and then creates fake IDs with all of our information but other people's pictures, and then sells them on the black market. They can now do virtually anything they want in our name. Once someone's armed with our social security number and a fake ID, they could now apply for jobs in our name. That leads us to the third major type, which is tax and employment ID theft. And yes, someone can file a tax return in our name before we do and run off with a return. That can take months to straighten out. But what can be much worse than that is when one or more people begin working jobs in our name. There are millions of people that need a clean, valid American identity now more than ever to live and work in this country. But do you think they're going to pay the taxes on that income at the end of each year? Probably not. It can look like you're underreporting your income and outstanding tax bills will eventually come looking for you. We've heard of accounts being frozen, state licenses being suspended, and Social Security benefits getting really messed up. Years later, some victims still haven't been able to separate themselves from this. The fourth major type is medical ID theft. 
Someone can use your health insurance information, but what we see more of is other people using your personal information to get prescriptions and treatment. Not only can outstanding bills come looking for you, but your medical records can become polluted with their allergies, blood types, and more. Needless to say, this can be a very complicated type to clear up. The fifth and final type is character criminal ID theft, which typically happens when someone uses a fake ID when pulled over or arrested and doesn't pay the fine or show up for court. This may produce an outstanding warrant in our name in one or more states, and you may not find out about it until you're pulled over for a routine traffic stop. We've met numerous people who have had this happen and had to spend one or more days in jail until they could prove it's a case of ID theft. According to a study conducted by the Identity Theft Resource Center, a nonprofit out of San Diego, true ID theft can take an average of 600 business hours to prove our innocence and get our records straightened out. So this is the risk we need to make sure is managed for our clients. Next, let's go over major misconception number two, which most people you meet are still trying to tell themselves, and it goes something like this. You know, maybe if I'm careful, I'm smart, maybe if I shred and I don't use public Wi-Fi and I'm conscientious, maybe I can avoid the ID thieves. But of course, the reality is, no matter how careful we are, government and company databases holding our information are under attack every day. And our information is getting into the wrong hands in three main ways. Human error, paying off insiders, and the biggest one we hear about is what? Hacking. So we want to be smart. But no matter how careful we are, our information will continue to be lost in these three ways. And the third major misconception in the marketplace is, if I monitor all the bureaus or freeze my credit files, doesn't that take care of ID theft? And that couldn't be further from the truth. Credit services don't protect you from the five types of ID theft whatsoever. For example, credit scores don't prevent or restore any of the five types of ID theft. Credit reports don't prevent or restore any of the five types. And credit monitoring is extremely limited and can only detect 15% of ID theft. So that means even if you freeze your credit files, you're really only freezing out about 15%. And 85% of ID theft will likely continue to happen. And still the biggest question, whether something shows up in monitoring or whether you find out about it otherwise, is who are you going to call? Who's going to work on your behalf to prove your innocence and get your record straightened out? so that you don't have to spend 600 business hours of your own time, the equivalent of working a part-time job for months or years, trying to do it yourself. So now that you know the three most common misconceptions, we'll go into the three things to look for in a solution on the next episode. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Protect and Grow podcast. Remember, Every household and business we protect is one closer to our mission of protecting all Americans from injustice. We're just getting started, and we are making a difference.